everyone. It's Frank and Darren back again, the Slaughterland Movie Podcast. As promised, right after you saw Assault on Precinct 13, we were going to do They Live. And there it is, right there on the title. They Live. <laughs> Darren, They Live. Not too good at the box office, but there is absolute love for this movie. Do you think it's because of the story, or do you think it's because of the characters or the actors in it? I mean, on release, it was panned by critics. I think it got to number one on the opening weekend, but it didn't kind of hang around for long. Yeah. Um, and they actually, there's a couple of things. They actually moved the release date because I think it was going to clash with with Halloween 4. Um, and the release date they settled on was actually election day back in 1988, um, which was November, whatever, November, whatever. Um <laughs> Only but Carpenter th- would go up against himself, like James Cameron. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so, <laughs> no, they changed that, so it, it didn't yeah. clash. Uh, um, but I think that the movie, over the years, like most of Carpenter's stuff, has has enjoyed more success and recognition than when it first came out. And I think that because of the subject matter of this film, it's more. It, it has more prevalence today than it did back then in the you know when you when you boil it all down it's not subtle um, is it it isn't no um but back then i was kind of like it wasn't my favorite carpenter film it's another it's one that you know i was probably 15 when this came out or something so you don't it wasn't, get it you don't get it i, I didn't get it at first and and i, and I kind of um Back up to that point, Carpenter had made great horror and and uh, you know Big Trouble in Little China, which was just nonstop action all the way through, and then this come along, which is kind of a bit of a slow burn up until the sort of forty minute mark or something. Um, and I was like slightly underwhelmed when I first saw it. Now I realise how smart this movie is um, and progressive as well in a lot of ways. So it's it's. I always kind of enjoy revisiting it and I watched it today and I enjoyed it more than I think I have ever done. So yeah, really, really smart movie from John Carpenter. Well written, oh. well directed, and some and some great characters in there. Uh, a real western from the start. Hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. A stranger yeah. coming to town. John does some some things where she he's kind of subtle with the message. But then throwing the message in your face like a like a gallon of paint, yeah. <laughs> um, because when you see, you know, when Nada puts on the glasses and you see what subliminal messages are there, mm. you know, this is your god for the money. Obey, watch, uh, watch uh, TV, reproduce. Um, it's kind of like now, really. Yeah. Still, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I don't think we ever had a break from it. Who is it? Buck, uh, Buck Flowers. Buck Flowers. Uh, his, yeah, yeah. His character is just like we're we're basically cattle, and that's yeah. when he before he got you know lavish gifts and a nice shiny teleporting Rolex. Hail to the Um But it's a it, different alien invasion movie, isn't it? It's like. Alien invasion movies, we're used to the likes of... You usually can't have intercourse with the aliens you're with. (laughs) Usually, alien invasion movies, we see the invasion. But in this, we, you know, aliens are already running society. 
yeah. and controlling us with, like you said, with this subliminal messaging, and and we're complicit in it without even knowing. We don't know why it's, they're uh, really here, though. Like, what's the underlying, you know, uh, what's their true intention? Not like, you know, to serve man in Twilight Zone where they're actually using us for food. Mm. Yeah, uh, yeah. You, you really don't know. And the and how, really quick, how'd you feel about the ending being so abrupt like that? Wouldn't you want to see more? That's the one thing John does is kind of like, you know, draw your own conclusions at the end. Yeah, it's it's one of those things that, like, I I still don't know to the... I, I assume that Nada dies. I yeah. assume that he dies the way that he kind of holds the finger up and... You know, he's been shot quite a number of times and then the roof's kind of blowing up as well. So we can only assume that he dies. Um, but it's it's sort of one of those endings, a bit like The Fog, where yeah. the enemy has to get the last word in. Uh, and that's what exactly what happens in this film. Um, they never really solve any of it, do they? It yeah. just kind of goes on, which is what happens in in real life doesn't it with with governments and with uh with with politics and everything it's just another bunch that come in that are just as bad as the last um and so the messaging is very similar to what happens in life you know there's nothing you can do about it there there would have been a good pebble in the shoe if john said at the end the characters just learn how to live with each other like an alien nation yeah, would that be yeah. funny? It's like yeah they I saw like each other nation. because you know the satellite is broken the um the uh Hypnotic waves mm. are are gone. Uh, people are not, uh, you know, under some kind of uh, hypnotism. And the guy just the guy stared at the TV, you know, as as the people are looking at him at the bar. And the guys are. It would be funny if the humans are just like, help, oh, whatever, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> and they just learn how to assimilate with society. But that would be a, a happy ending, which John never really mm. gives us. No, uh, no. Who's your best character? I can't choose between the two of them, between Nada and Frank, because I think they're both really strong characters. Mm-hmm. It's interesting that Carpenter really wanted Roddy Piper. He, he wanted him after seeing him in WrestleMania 3, and he approached him. And the the irony is that that that, that uh, Roddy Piper didn't know who the fuck Carpenter was. <laughs> I think I think Roddy Piper, given the given his background, I think he does a good job in this. Yeah. Um, but also Keith David, who there's a relationship there with Carpenter anyway, so um, it was probably a no-brainer to choose him. Both of them are um, really strong male leads, mm-hmm. and both of them give as good as they get in this film. Um, it, it's the it's the the the, the whole. The character arc that, or the relationship arc that these two have, whereas Nada's trying to convince him that something's not right uh, and to put the glasses on. It takes him a lifetime to do it, but when he does it, you know, that almost breaks their relationship, but when he finally does it, he sees what the problem is and and both of them try and save the human race, I guess. Try. (laughs) Try. Was it worth saving? That's the problem, right? (laughs) Uh, I, I I agree. I was tossing which one to pick. I ultimately went with 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 John Nada. Um, Roddy Piper did some ad libbing in this mm. as being a trash talker as a heel in wrestling. Yeah. They were surprised that he could really act, mm. and then Roddy was like, "What do you think really wrestling is?" 
You know, it's it's putting on this persona. And he knew he's really a likable character. Really a likable character uh, in this movie. And traveling from city to city, wasn't he in Colorado or Denver? And then, you know, the mills call up, uh, close up. But he, know, he knows how to call people bullshit because he could see the lady that's trying to find him a job is just going... <sighs> <laughs> And he just stares at her like, I want to punch you right in the face. <laughs> uh, and then he goes to another, uh, he goes to a, a place where they're doing construction. And he looks around at the people that are doing construction. Uh, and they said, we don't have anything for you right now. And he says, well, can I see your, so- your shop steward? Knowing that there's no union member there. Hmm. And they basically people working under the table. So that's how he gets him a job. He's a really street smart guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, for me, it's I, I had to choose Roddy Piper's John Nada. Um, and it's is nice it to John see or George? John. John. It is John, because IMDb have him listed as George. <laughs> Whatever. Why is everyone named George over there? Over where? In the <laughs> UK? Yeah, George. 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 Um, George. It's a shame, too, that he passed away, Roddy. Yeah. Yeah, young. way too young. He, well, how old was he? 61. He died in 2015. Still young. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's just that's the thing with wrestlers, isn't it? That they 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 work their fucking asses off for the whole of their wrestling career, like sometimes working seven days a week. And once they retire, they never really get anywhere after that. They just drop dead. And a lot of them didn't get the get the money that some of the superstars are getting now. Yeah. Oh yeah, you know there's yeah. no real healthcare in wrestling, um, mm. you know. But this is the who I grew up with, you know, Roddy Piper, Hogan, uh, the Attitude Era, of course. Uh, but yeah, John Nada for me. Me too. Um, your worst character. Worst character, I'd say, is <laughs> the rich lady. Really? Sorry. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> and then you, I've got one that can see. Yeah. I've got one that can see. Do you know what it reminds me of? Her voice. Because obviously it's, it, I don't think it's her voice. It's kind of dubbed over or something. Yeah. You know the the corpse in Return of the Living Dead? Not people, brains. It, it reminds me of the, the same torso. voice. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the same voice pretty much as that. I can feel myself rot. Maybe it's the same person. I don't know. But every time I would hear that, I've got one they can see. Um, I would always think it's the corpse from Return of the Living Dead. It sounds very much like that. But yeah, she she's just kind of like I don't know what it is. But with some of the whether the, the prosthetics that they used in this film, whether people couldn't speak properly through them or something, but whenever they do speak, they sound really pronounced and and. Like the ADR was somebody completely different. It's 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 odd. There's a few. Well, bits also, in- the jaws don't move too well, right? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. But yeah. that's the whole thing. Maybe because of their aliens, they really don't do it that way. Mm. Um, I, I think you're prejudiced against aliens, Darren. Really, <laughs> I'm uh, alienist. Uh, yeah, you're an alienist. <laughs> um, my worst character, of course, I have to put it on there, and I think a lot of people will agree with me. Is Holly Thompson. It's got to be. It's got to be Meg Foster. <laughs> she is, again, pointless. There's no, uh, there, there's sexual tension there, but she really is a double agent. Um, yeah. And she's, uh, uh, there's no emotion in her mm. at all. And what she did to poor Frank, 
It's absolutely the unforgivable. Window. Oh, oh, right. Okay. Oh, blowing his brains out. You mean? Yeah. 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 I mean, Again, there's a few pointless. John John Carpenter. I mean, the wrestling the wrestling scene, but the fight scene aside, John Carpenter really knows how to how to hit you in the chest with impact in this film. There are two moments. There's one with Roddy Piper and the police in the alleyway. Yep. When he makes a run for it and clotheslines one of the coppers. But it's 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 that impact noise that and the score kicks in at that moment and it really hits you in the chest. The second bit is when Holly smashes um, Nada over the back of the head with the bottle and pushes him out the window. That's nasty, is that moment? Yeah. And, and 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 John just gets up and goes, <laughs> <laughs> like it doesn't That's phase what, him. Well, something like that is what makes me think that he's not necessarily dead at the end of this film because he takes so much throughout the movie. I mean, none of us would have survived being smashed over the head and pushed out of that window. I mean, he didn't do that stunt. We know that. Uh, no, but, I know that. But, but, but <laughs> Roddy did a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know, especially when we get when we get to it in the alley. You know, he told Keith David. He said, "Yeah, hit me." <laughs> I don't care. You know, yeah, pick me up, throw me down. He's like, "Do it." It's like I don't care. It's a great scene. Yeah, Holly Thompson, really. You know, and yeah, no emotion, and you know, she's like, "You want me to see what's in the glasses? I'll see what's in the glasses." And he's like, oh, "Bitch." I mean, Meg Ryan's got quite a Meg Ryan. Meg Foster has she got been better. quite. She's got quite a, a unique look to her, um, and I thought that she fit this film really well because there's always a question of is she or is she? Like her she? eyes, don't you? Well, her eyes are kind of. A, 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 I've always thought her eyes are kind of interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Let's put it that way. And I kind of admire her as well. Nowadays, she hasn't messed with her face. She hasn't mm -hmm. done anything to kind of, you know, like people make adjustments to subtle adjustments to their, whether Botox or facelifts or anything like that. I kind of admire her, along with Jamie Lee Curtis, for not messing with herself. She's kind of grown old gracefully. But her eyes, I thought, were perfect for this film, because there's always that question of, you know, I know she's conspiring and, and yeah. she's colluding with them or whatever. Um, but there's always that question of, is she or isn't she? I'm not sure here. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for watching this video. We just want to draw your attention to some of our other great content on the Slaughtered Lamb Movie Podcast. We've covered the Elm Street franchise, the Halloween franchise, the Friday the 13th franchise, and much more. Consider subscribing because we've got so much more to come. Thank you. Back to the show. Okay, your best line. Oh, there's quite a few. There's quite mm -hmm. a few, um, and they're probably well, all. Let me say I mean, mine because you stole everything from me on Precinct Okay, 13. go on. Uh, mine is uh, you. You're all right. This one, real fucking ugly. You, you're okay. This one, real fucking ugly. Oh. Okay, that was the first one that I'd written down. Okay, see, I mean, the, the obvious one is the bubblegum one. Yeah, um, yeah. Which we don't need to say. We'll just watch this clip of it. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. There you go. Um, ad-libbed. Yeah, ad-libbed. As I'm sure the you're okay, this one real fucking ugly is as well, I would imagine. 
Um, you and, and then he says, "You know, you look, you know, you look like your head fell in the cheese dip back in 1957." <laughs> um, <laughs> there's there's a couple of lines when he's fighting or he's about to fight with um, with Frank, which is, "I'm giving you a choice: either put on these glasses or start eating that trash can." It's a, it's um, a real wrestling <laughs> quote, isn't it? <laughs> and the other one is when he does he grab. Frank's nuts or something, or hit he him. He tried in the to nuts. hit him. Yeah, yeah, that was dirty. Thing. He's mother- you dirty motherfucker. That was that was one of my favorites. Well, there's loads in this film. Yeah, there's loads. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, worst line. As I mentioned it already, which is the rich lady in the store, which says, "I've got one that can see." Um, yeah, you're, you're like shoot her. Yeah, no, uh, I don't like that line whatsoever. For me, it's anything I, from. It's Holland. not the line itself. It's the it's the the ADR. It just doesn't work for that. Yeah, yeah. That I lady. Mean, it's just... probably her, it's her voice, but like you said, it doesn't match. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's, it's, odd. it's odd. It's it's anything for Holly for me. Like I just said, it's just because it's a pointless character. It's you know no emotion. You know going on the phone after she booted uh, John out the window. You know no no I'm I'm okay I'm okay. <laughs> yeah yeah. The, uh, the the station is clean. I know that. Oh, are you okay? I was worried. You hit me over the head with a fucking bottle. And you, you want to know if I'm okay? Fuck you. you know, uh, that's what I would have said. Uh, all right, your best kill. I got to say the bank teller. I would say, I know what, I agree with you, but I would say the whole bank of salt. Mm, yeah, it's a great scene. But yeah, when he shoots the with the shotgun, the bank teller in the face, and he kind of the alien face, and hits yep. the wall, and bits of his face blow off in in the in the moment. I think that's that's a real. If that had been in color, it'd been interesting to see that. In fact, I don't know. You know, pictures, publicity stills that we got of the movie. I remember before this came out, all the aliens were in color. Yeah, um, and. Was it a conscious decision to make it black and white because the prosthetics didn't look right or something? It's it's easier on the eye, and and like with the Elephant Man, they all they made that movie black and white because it could handle the prosthetics better. They wouldn't look as fake, if you like. Yeah. And I wonder if they chose that if they made that decision for this film as well. I mean, you can argue that it's the glasses that are causing that, and. But I wonder if there was a kind of creative decision to do that to make the the prosthetics or the makeup look more convincing. Interesting, because you only really do see that one guy. Well, the two guys, the one at the end where she's when they're exposed, basically yeah. the guy in the bar and the uh, the guy in the sack. Hey, what's wrong, baby? Blue balls, ladies and gentlemen, goes across the universe. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, moving on for me. Yeah, uh, okay. <laughs> Speaking of the witch, what's your worst kill? <laughs> worst kill, uh, I have to say, is 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 Frank. Yes, it's so yeah. cold, so cold, and you know, like we yeah, we don't see did, it. Like, huh? Yeah, it's- when he he just turns slightly and bang, she just blows his brains out all of a sudden. Um, we 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 don't see it, but we can only imagine what that's like and. Such a great character went out so quickly. I think it's the same with um, with Nada as well. I think you know, 
great character goes out so quickly at the end so yeah so it's, it's a shame that but it's another bleak carpenter ending like i said the 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 enemy has to have the last say yeah yep or you have to draw your own conclusions on what really happened mm. yeah uh, which he, John has a problem with 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 us. He causes a lot of arguments amongst the fans of his movies, doesn't he? Well, if you think about it, every film that he has has kind of a, a pretty much a sting in its tail. Be it Halloween, where Michael yep. disappears, The Fog, where Hal Holbrook gets decapitated in the last moment, yep. um, Escape from New York, where our anti-hero guy pulls out the tape and walks away, um, Big Trouble in Little China. The creature on the back of the truck. Yep. Uh, and this film as well. Um, you know, it's it's ambiguous and we don't know how things are going to progress after everything's exposed. So it, it's it's just, it's a kind of, I guess, a trope of John Carpenter's to kind of leave you wondering at the end of all of his films. Yeah. Um, if you've got any more of those examples, I just threw those off the top of my head. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Uh, but go, I know you can't talk about it really. Ghost of Mars. It's mm. kind of uh, the same way. Um, it, it's it's it's. I never seen somebody's a, a, a director, a creator, a writer, a producer. The fans argue amongst each other on what the meaning of the ending is and what's coming afterwards. Mm. Yeah, you know, yeah. there's probably some of us with the end of They Live. Would they learn how to simulate? There could have been a sequel where it's an all-out war. Uh, maybe. Uh, the uh, hypnotism or, you know, the subliminal messaging got better when they live and a full invasion of uh, of the aliens coming in. Uh, or we go over to their planet and we assimilate with them, you know, putting on those stupid masks, you know, and, and, and doing it that way. Uh, yeah, but I do agree with you. Is it, He takes likable characters and he just... You really don't need them. The thing no blazer, as well. No... The thing in the end of the thing, you don't know what who you know. There's a twist there. We had to um, wait to a video game to find out what happened. <laughs> and then I thought of another one: Escape from LA. He shuts yeah. the power off to the world. Looks at yeah. What happens? <laughs> Are we back to making the wheel again? You know, <laughs> you know, with our with our with our eyebrows like this, you know, <laughs> going crow bag them and and stealing shit from other people uh yeah fr frank uh, uh you know getting killed a likable character you're just like really john that mm. way yeah uh yeah, yeah. uh but no i like i like it for that that's what i like about yes. Carpenter's films is yeah. that he 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 has this you know sense of being able to lure you in and well, get now, you to like characters now, and then kind of <laughs> not then now you you, you yeah. you're matured you're matured yeah. as they say um <laughs> uh, but back then, watching it for the first time, you're just like, what the fuck? There's no closure. <laughs> well, there was exactly. closure then, but not the way you exactly. wanted. Uh, best moment. It God, has to be. I one. mean, uh, the, 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 I, I have put two. I've put the supermarket scene and the alleyway yeah. fight. The, the supermarket scene, I have to say, is one of my favorite moments because they it was the most expensive scene to shoot because they had to build an actual supermarket and stock it because it, it took a while to shoot. Is that what it is? is no. <laughs> we need a tub. Yeah, yeah. They, oh, yeah. They had to build the actual supermarket and stock it up and everything because yeah. they couldn't take over one in the street Exploding because it veg. took too long and they'd have to pay for all the stock and restock it all and all this kind of stuff. Um, so a great sequence in the supermarket, but and I know it's going to be your favorite sequence as well. 
that alleyway fight. I used to I used to try and mimic that as a kid with friends. Oh. We used to throw each other around and it was insane. I mean it's all WWE based. However, I found out by look doing a bit of research that it's actually based on it's 5 minutes 20 seconds. And it's inspired by a film called The Quiet Man, a 1952 John Wayne film, which has a similar fight sequence. Um, and that's where it comes from. And obviously, you've got the choreography of um, uh, Roddy Piper in there. It does feel like a kind of 90s WWE match, doesn't it? An 80s WWE match. <laughs> Brutal, great fun, and one of the best fights, street fights, in movie history, for sure. Of all time, ranked hmm. best street fight ever. Really? South Park, we all know. <laughs> yes. Cripple fight. Mimic this perfectly because they love John Carpenter. <laughs> so much that there's hints of John Carpenter's influence in some of their uh, episodes, including this, including that one, the cripple fight, uh, which is not, ladies and gentlemen, I didn't make that title up. It's the actual title of the episode uh, where uh, uh, Jimmy and Timmy are fighting and it's mimicked perfectly, including the knee and the crotch. I remember you telling me about this. I remember you telling me about it. <laughs> it is it is one of the few parts of a movie that I look forward to. And the brutality and the comic relief during it. Because remember yeah, when yeah. Uh, Piper uh, was throwing the bottle uh, or he damaged Frank's car and he goes, what the fuck? And he's like... That he hit that bottle. He and starts laughing. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> but they didn't do just anything. Just but just punching. There's back. I don't want to say backflips. Suplexing but in suplexes, there, isn't it? There, there's crotch grabs and crotch punches. <laughs> there's choke holds. There's dirty. everything. It's it's a dirty, grimy street fight. It's awesome. It it's the best fight in movie history, as far as I'm concerned. You can mm. take your 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 Bruce Lee, your your Matrix. You can take all that fantasy. <laughs> your Seagal, your all Seagal. that crap. This was in my, as far as I'm concerned, this is real life. This was real life. They got hurt on that set, and I think Roddy took a lot of shots, knowing that he can handle it. It probably protected uh, Keith David from a lot of it. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's a great fight. It great is great fight. Very good. Oh. We ended on a positive. We did. We did. We you can't. You honestly can't beat that fight sequence. It's in any other film I've seen. I've never seen a fight scene go on for so long. Apart from um, sports movies where you're obviously in a ring or something like that. Yeah. This is is just brutal and and fun as well. Real fun. Uh, Darren, what we got coming up? We have um, a watch along of the thing, which mm -hmm. we're going to do. Very soon. And we got to do the Warriors. Oh, yeah. Niall Clark um, chose the Warriors. So 
We're going to do that very soon. A lot of people, you know, when he choose, chose uh, chosen the Warriors, people, some people got excited, really excited. Yeah, we uh, had a vote, didn't we? But we put the movies up that he gave us, and the Warriors won out by a long stretch. But he, so, he picked uh, some hard ones, didn't he? He did. I forgot what they were. So we picked the Warriors because we knew it was having a new following. Um, I watched it not too long ago. Um, it's it's a it's a cult classic. It's memorable, and uh, it is a uh, a street gang assault on Precinct Thirteen movie mm. like we just yeah. recorded. Uh, I can't mm. wait to talk about it. Uh, and another video game based on movie. They made a video game for it. Did they? Is there a yeah. Warriors video game? There is one. There is a Warriors video Was game. Was it good? I, I don't know. I didn't play it. You know, it's just like, really? <laughs> is it better than E.T.? Oh, yeah. It's not in a <laughs> landfill. Underneath someone's house. That's what happens <laughs> in Poltergeist. You want to make a Poltergeist 4, put all the uh, E.T. cartridges come into life. Because <laughs> it's build on top of the E.T. cartridge. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all these dick finger aliens coming at you. <laughs> All right, as we end on that note, uh, as always, stick to the roads. And the best of luck. We'll see you soon. Bye. Cheers, guys. Bye-bye.